Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the Nittany Nation podcast on the brand new Nittany Nation site at Rivals.com. I am your co-host Clay Sauertai here with my co-host Dillahan Callahan Crawley as well as site manager Richie Schneiderite. I'm sure many of you have questions about where we're going from here with Nittany Nation. Uh, Richie, tell them a little bit more about the site. I mean, first of all, we're going to the moon. That's it. This is this is like the, any of those uh, cryptocurrencies over the past couple months. We're not stopping. We're going all the way to the top. But uh, on a more serious note, um, yeah, we, we took over the PennState.Rivals.com. Um, we're going to produce a ton, a ton of content. I already have in day one. I think we've had about like 12 to 15 pieces already up. Um, ton of scoops. We already have two future casts for 2023 recruits. Um, we have a hell of a recruiting staff between myself, Ryan Patty, who's one of the most well-known guys in the Northeast, and then uh, Eric Lammers, who actually worked for James Franklin for about eight years. Um, he was actually director of recruiting at Vanderbilt at one point, too. So, I mean, between you guys, between the recruiting staff, between the wrestling guys we have, and Lex Knapp, who's a former NCAA wrestler, um head coach of a wrestling program now over at high school by me we we have a hell of a staff i mean i, I can't underestimate or understate that enough um yeah I, I really am very confident in this site and i think we're gonna go uh go places we're gonna take it to that next level yeah i don't think if you you read the site uh today and a number of people had questions a lot of people were really comfortable with bwi i will be the first to say that when i first got into the recruiting game i was i was a bwi subscriber i and I, I know Ryan and Nate and them personally. I think those guys do great work and they'll continue to do great work. Mm-hmm. But but I think we're going to do some awesome stuff here as well. And I, I think there's every reason to stick with Nittany Nation. Uh, I think Eric having the ties to to James Franklin and staff are, are huge. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Ryan has been grinding out here, doing work over at uh, the Nightport a number of years, really talented there. We're going to have a lot of really fantastic comments. So again, if anybody has any questions, feel free to, to reach out to us on the site, but I think you'll see in the coming weeks and months that, that this is going to be a, a really damn good site and we're going to have a ton of really good content. Um, Dylan, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing on the site. Yeah, thanks, Clay. And of course, thanks, Richie, for uh, bringing me onto the site. Uh, yeah, I'm Dylan Cowan Crowley. Uh, if you're a Penn State fan, you may know my work from Black Shoe Diaries, where uh, Clay is also from. Uh, I'll be uh, kind of doing a little bit of everything with the site, uh, covering um, mostly football, especially right now in season. Uh, but um, I'm going to be helping out with social media. I'll be active on all the boards, of course. Uh, but I- I'm going to be a jack of all trades, I think. Uh, help with wrestling here and there if needed. Um, help with basketball if needed. So you'll see me doing a little bit of everything. And, of course, uh, doing these podcasts here, which um, – I love doing podcasts. I have two other podcasts uh, that I do uh, twice a week. So we'll just add it to the list. As for myself, I will be your beat writer for Penn State football as well as Penn State wrestling in the winter. Um, I'll have all the news and notes from media sessions. Um, I'm in there with some game previews and recaps. We're going to have some help there from some more incredible staff. I'll be at each of the home games asking James Franklin all the questions you guys have been banging down my door to ask him. So uh, again, I'm really excited and looking forward to getting going. And on that note, we are in the middle of a Penn State season and in the middle of a three-game skid, but I think people are 
feeling a little more optimistic despite a loss last week. Penn State goes into Columbus as huge underdogs. I think I saw it up at 18 and a half when it closed. Comes out with a 33-24 loss. Tough to get too excited about moral victories right now, but I think everyone's safe to say that everyone's pretty impressed with the Penn State team that showed up there in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was expecting – I think I was actually one of the few – uh, people that kind of expected them not to get completely blown out, but they were going to, I thought, have a, a tough time keeping it close. Uh, but I, I was impressed with uh, the resiliency uh, that they really showed throughout the game. I mean, they went down 17-7 early. We'll get more into that. But uh, when it went down 17-7, I thought it was going to be similar to the uh, Georgia-Farda game this week where Georgia, uh, Farda was keeping it close. It was 3-0, and then within three minutes – at the end of the first half, it became a 24 nothing game and got away from Florida. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought for everything we saw in the game and a half prior to uh, this past weekend, it was a, it was a pretty uh, valiant effort out of the Penn State. And Richie, you are the only one of us here that, that really doesn't have any type of Penn State background what were your takeaways from the Nittany Lions in that game? Was, were, were you impressed? Were, were, did you think that there was a little left on the table there? What was the, I, would, I wouldn't say outsider perspective now, obviously, but, but probably a little more objective than maybe Dylan and I's perspective there. No, you, you could say an outsider perspective. I mean, hey, I, you, said it, you, know, like you said it yourself. I don't have a ton of ties to, or any ties really to Penn State. Um, Actually, my grandpa did grow up Penn State fan, so I did grow up watching a little bit of the Paterno era. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't look as bad as the score probably shows. The score, actually, the score was even closer than I thought, actually. But, um, I, obviously, they're going to give up a ton of yards to arguably one of the best receiver cores in the country at Ohio State. Um, Travion Henderson might be the best running back in the country, arguably. I mean, I guess you could say Kenneth Walker and then Henderson or vice versa at this point sometimes. Um well, just looking at the Penn State offense, the, the run game, I, I don't get it. Like, they've tried so many different backs, it seemed like, in this game, and it, they all just struggled. The offensive line's got to step up there a little bit. I think that's probably playing the main factor there and the struggles there. Um, other than that, John Dotson, hell of a hell of a receiver. I mean, I can't unstate that enough. Ever since I found out the news I was going to be taking over the site, I've been watching Penn State, and it's just like, this, this, kid's, this kid's legit. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think everyone was was fairly impressed that I saw in Penn State circles with both the offense and the defense. It seems silly when you give up 33 points, but obviously seven of those on a defensive touchdown. Yeah. Um, three of those came late in, in a Penn, Ohio State offense that I think they said it scored 41 points, on average 41 points in the first half of their last three Big Ten games. So uh, safe to say firing on all cylinders – uh, Sean Clifford has, has a strong game, comes out. Uh, James Franklin talked last Tuesday in his media availability about Clifford being closer to 100%. I was not a huge buyer of that after seeing Clifford live against Illinois. Um, but I thought he looked damn good, and I thought, thought Clifford had, had a pretty impressive game. And I thought Mike Gersich called about as good as a game as you could. Yeah, considering uh, all the uh, downfalls Penn State has this season, whether it's the run game or uh, on the offensive line, uh, which, you know, co kind of coincides with each other there. Um, I, I thought Yersich uh, did a phenomenal jo job. And 
I said it on my other podcast, but I think it's 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 something to know. And I put in the takeaways as well that your sister's best games this year have come against uh, the three biggest the three biggest opponents for Penn State this year. I mean, you can argue Wisconsin was up there too, but um, the Auburn game, you're such called a pretty good game. The first half of Iowa was uh, pretty damn good as well. I know the second half kind of got away from Penn State there, but uh, I think if Sean Clifford stays healthy, they're on their way to putting up at least 35 plus, maybe 40 plus. Um, And then against Ohio State, he was phenomenal again. Uh, And the way he supplemented the run game by using – uh, screen passes, I thought was um, just terrific. Um, and credit to Taylor Stubblefield and um, his receiver room because um, wide receiver blocking hasn't really been a strength for Penn State at times in the past. But against Ohio State this past weekend, they, they were throwing all the blocks needed out there uh, and they were doing a great job on the perimeter. I think there's very few of those screen attempts that ended up in negative yards for Penn State. Sean Clifford-wise, uh, for I don't think he was 100%, but he was probably as healthy as he may be going forward because depending on what that injury exactly is, since we're, you know, we're not going to get official word until after the season probably, um, I, I thought he, he did as good as he probably could. Uh, you don't want your quarterback usually throwing 52 passes. Um, so, and a quarterback, Sean's caliber, which uh, – Based off last season, I thought we didn't know what Clifford was going to be this year. He's been pretty darn good for Penn State this year. He hasn't made a ton of mistakes that's, that have hurt them. Um, but for out of those 52 passes, there's only, I think, four or five that you can look back on and really say that he either made a bad pass or made a mistake. Um, and even his one interception wasn't, I would say, entirely his fault. The pocket collapsed immediately on him. Um, he probably could have tried to get it away instead of throw, uh, forcing a ball downfield. But it is what it is. But without Clifford in that game, Penn State doesn't keep it as close as they did either. So looking at that game, and I'll kind of throw this over to Richie, I know – a lot of the talk going into the year, even before the Illinois loss happened, was the way that the Penn State schedule set up was Penn State fans and possible coaches looked at it as, as two bye weeks in a row. They had the Iowa game, they had the bye, then you have Illinois against Ohio State. And a lot of talk was, okay, you use the bye week and some of the Illinois week to, to prepare for Ohio State. To you, does it seem like the loss to Illinois is as simple as – they just didn't take the Illini seriously enough? Yeah, I mean, I don't think many people expected nine offensive linemen in a single scheme. That was how stuff like that that Bellini was throwing out was pretty insane. Uh, they have a good running back in Brown, but I don't, I don't think he's phenomenal. And I think they kind of just overlooked them. Like you said, they, um, they it's just you can't look ahead ever, and especially in the Big Ten. The Big Ten, head to toe, yeah, there might be a couple bottom feeders every year that are probably the same teams almost every single season. But like at the end of the day, there's still going to be a tough matchup every Saturday. That's why that's why they say any given Saturday at this point. But uh, yeah, I mean, they definitely look past them. And I think a lot of people are down on the team just because it's three losses in a row. But I, I really do think they will bounce back pretty quickly, especially against this Maryland team coming up. Yeah, you kind of talked about it there. Uh, Penn State stays in the top 25 in the AP top 25 at number 22. I know it was a pretty big surprise to some people. I, I I'm a little surprised, 
but I wouldn't say I'm shocked in terms of the way they played on the road to a team that, that I think a lot of people are going to uh, consider a playoff playoff team by the time the year ends. Um, but but that's a big one just in terms of momentum, in terms of national prominence, in terms of selling to recruits. Now you're looking at a, a road game on, on against Maryland where you kind of have to drag yourself up uh, after a bit of a letdown at Ohio State. You know, you throw everything into that. You've got a huge game left against Michigan in two weeks. You've got Rutgers at home after that, and then you finish on the road at what is currently a top, what, sixth-ranked Michigan State. We're sitting here on Tuesday Top night. five. Not yet, number five. Yeah. Um, top five-ranked Michigan State team that, I mean, who knows? I mean, that, that looked like a very strong team. So you're looking at potentially two top 10, top 12 wins still out there. What's left out there for Penn State, and how do you think they move forward from here, starting with the Maryland game? You want to do this one, don't or me? Uh, I'll make it quick, and then All if right. you have any thoughts, you yeah. can. Um, so I think, for one, we we it's going to come down to if Clifford can stay healthy. There was a couple of hits he took on Saturday against Ohio State where he was wincing afterwards but seemed to be fine throughout the game. Uh, as long as he doesn't take any major hits that um, re-aggravates whatever his injury may be, uh, I think that's going to be uh, the big, uh, the biggest step for Penn State going forward. Um, and then I think it's about – it's hard because they haven't really been consistent in their play this year, even during their uh, five-game winning streak to start the year because um, – they play well against good teams. I mean, Wisconsin early on did not look like a good team. They're playing some good football right now. Auburn has been playing some solid football right now as well. Um, so both those are looking like better wins, and they played well against them. But against Ball State, I think they left some stuff out there. Villanova, I thought was a little bit of a disappointing performance. And, of course, Illinois, they, they looked um, uh, atrocious. So, I mean, what Penn State team are we getting next week in – uh, College Park. Is it going to be the Penn State team that showed up against Ohio State? Or is it going to be the Penn State team that uh, showed up against um, Illinois slash Ball State? Um, just off the top of my head there. Um, th that's going to be, I think, the biggest question. They've kind of been playing up and down to their opponents. Uh, and Maryland is one of those teams where they have enough talent now that if you don't play your I would B-plus game, I know people used to say A game, but uh, I think Penn State has enough talent that they could play a, a B, B-plus game and still probably win. But if Penn State doesn't bring it on Saturday, that's a game they could lose. But if you're asking me right now, I think they could definitely win out uh, if Clifford's healthy and they play to the level they played on Saturday night against Ohio State. Um, realistically, probably 8-4, and four, but I, I think anything less than 8-4 and four, uh, would still be a, a, a massive disappointment for them. Yeah. I, I know you kind of just hit on it and I, I don't think it's crazy to say that they can win out. I do think that they're going to, I actually think they're going to trash this Maryland team. I think Franklin's going to have these guys ready. This is a Maryland team that's missing two of their top three receivers to injury and Demas and Jones, who both are out for the year now. Um, Talia has been pretty good all season long, but he's also struggled when these two guys have been out. So it's a tough call, but I, I do think that Franklin's going to have these guys ready. And this is this is make or break time. This is either we're going to win this game. If you're Penn State, you're going to win this game, get a little momentum going, go welcome a top 10 Michigan team at home, and hopefully you beat, you beat them. And then you play Rutgers. You got a 
a little bit more of a cupcake, I'll admit it. And then uh, you finish out the season against arguably maybe the top ranked Big Ten team at the moment. Yeah, and yeah. quick. Oh, Go ahead. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Clay, but the only thing that I would say, I don't want to say concerns me, but it is in the back of my head when concerned this game on Saturday against Maryland for Penn State is, um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Clay, but it seems like the last few years when they've lost to Ohio State, because Ohio State's, let's be honest, is the one game every season that no matter if Penn State is really bad or really good, they, they show up for, they bring all the Jews that bring their A game, no matter what year it is. But the last few years when they lose that Ohio State game, it feels like the next week they have a tough time to get up to face their next opponent, even if it's a good opponent or bad, bad opponent on paper. That's something I'm cautious about when projecting this game next week and is that they've just really struggled in the past coming off this Ohio State loss. Yeah, I think that's been their major storyline for, for Penn State, not just after Ohio State, but, I mean, you look at Illinois, was that Penn State has hangover games. They've lost two in a row in, I think, six of the last eight seasons and four or five under Franklin. Um, obviously, coming off Ohio State, can you bring that same effort each week in practice and get up for Maryland the way that you got up for Ohio State, especially with kind of everyone making you a huge underdog? I will say I think that, that Penn State getting its teeth kicked in in 2020 against Maryland at home should be enough, you, you would think, to, to get this team kind of up and going. But, but it's definitely a reasonable question. And, and if you start slow, and I know Richie mentioned that, that Maryland's got some injury, injuries, but if you start slow and you let Tiger Bailoa get going and let Rakim Jarrett get going, you could find yourself in a hole and – that, that may not be the easiest situation. Um, one question I wanted to pose that we talked about a little bit before the pod. Penn State sits 22 right now. Is there a path to a 9-3 and three Penn State team still sneaking into a New Year's Six ball as the second-best Big Ten team, given that Ohio State could win out and make the playoff? That, that's, a, that's a real tough one. I mean, like I said before, if you – you should be able to beat this Maryland team ideally pretty easily. Um, they're not at full strength. So you beat them kind of like a cupcake warm up to Michigan, but you got to hope they don't look past them again, like what they did with Illinois and Ohio state. Um, but you get the cupcake then ideally you beat Michigan at home. Then you get another cupcake and then you play Michigan state. And if you could beat those two Michigan teams, I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be second best big 10 team. Like you said, nine and three. I mean, it's not crazy to think about at this point. I mean, when I look at it, you go, so if Ohio State wins out, and I never would, would have thought this this was the case a week ago, but looking at the bounce back, I imagine some Penn State fans feel pretty positively now. Michigan poses issues with their, their talent up front. Michigan State's going to cause the same two issues. You could, end, could just as well be seven and five or even worse. But you're looking at it as if Michigan State ends 10 and two or and Michigan ends – nine and three, say Michigan loses to Penn State, Penn State and Ohio State down the stretch. Penn State would be ahead of Michigan. Penn State would be at least there with Michigan State, one more loss but having the win. And then you look at a resume that, say Auburn keeps rolling and only ends the season with, with three losses to Penn State, Georgia, and Alabama. That's, that's a really good win. A Michigan win would be a good win. A Michigan State win would be a really good win. It would be certainly a compelling argument for – for bowl selectors to to put Penn State in, 
particularly since they're probably going to travel a little bit better than Michigan State would. Yeah, I, I fully agree uh, with you there, Clay. Uh, I, I do think there's a outside shot. Uh, I, I'm not going to put like a percentage or anything on it, but uh, I, I think with them staying ranked at number 22, it puts them in a position if they went out and go nine and three, that you you could possibly see them move up to in that that range. And I mean, concern how the season has gone nationally. I mean it seems like every week we have two, three, four ranked teams at least losing. And I mean, how many different teams have we had ranked in the top 25 this year? Um, and that's a big reason too, why Penn state's still ranked Penn state. If I, if I remember correctly is the only three loss team ranked in either the coaches poll or AP poll this week. Uh, so, I mean, if teams keep losing, I, I definitely think they have a shot because like I said before, if Clifford stays healthy and they can find some consistency here, bring that uh, juice that they had against Ohio State the rest of the season, I think they have a great chance of winning out because the team we saw against Ohio State, I think, was the team we expected to see when they were up, um, what was it, 17-7 on Iowa in that first half. That was the game we were expecting then, not uh, expecting the team that we saw against Illinois. Um, so I definitely think it's uh, a, a possibility. I don't want to say legit possibility or very good chance, but I, I can definitely see a scenario playing out there that they sneak into a New Year's Six ball, which would be a, a massive victory for this program considering the season. And then our last little bit here, looking forward to, to the season in Maryland before we get to a little special guest we're going to have later on. Um, we'll have full staff previews later in the week, but off the top of our head, guys, uh, we all think Penn State somewhat comfortably in College Park on Saturday. What's the spread? 11 points? 11 and a half was last I saw that. Richie, if you want to go first. Dang, I mean, I, I probably – I'm looking right now. ESPN has it at 10, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'd probably take the 10 points and run with it. I, I really think Franklin's going to have these guys ready. Um, this is like – like I said before, this is the game that's going to determine the rest of their season. Uh, if they win this, all right, the, the bowl game, the New York Six Bowl is still on. If they don't, then it's like, oh, shit, like pinstripe bowl, let's go. But I, I'm very confident this Penn State team's going to come out um, firing right away. I think Clifford's going to throw a couple touchdowns, and I, I think this they win this one pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, uh, quick, quickly, do we have an early over under number? I was, uh, uh, yeah, 55. Uh, I think I saw 55. Yeah. 55. I, I kind of, I kind of like, oh, that's a tough one because it's hard to say, but, um, I actually take the under on that. I don't think Penn State, because even when Penn State's been bad this year against Iowa, second half Iowa and Illinois, the defense still didn't give up that many points. Um, but, uh, I, I think I like Penn State right now to cover this uh, spread and win at least by, I think, 14. Uh, I think they – I think now that it seems Clifford's somewhat healthy and they got some positive vibes behind them again, uh, I know there's no such thing for a Penn State fan as a moral victory, and I'm not saying there should be. Uh, but there's a lot of positives to take away from that Ohio State game that they could uh, still improve upon. And I think 
Uh, like Richie said, Maryland's kind of beat up right now on both sides of the ball, missing two of their top wide receivers, missing their top defensive uh, linemen who uh, had 16 tags for a loss or four games. Um, I, I think Maryland just has a little bit too much loss on the player personnel side right now. And I think uh, Penn State has some po- enough positive momentum uh, to win this one by at least 14. Right. Give me a, a motivated Penn State team and uh, give me about two touchdowns. Uh, doing some some um, house cleaning here. We've got some mailbags that we'll have for you on the Nittany Nation message boards. We want you to submit your questions. We'll be taking those in coming weeks. And then I'll turn this over to Richie because, Richie, you're going to have a special guest for us at the end of this podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking to uh, everyone's favorite quarterback commit, Drew Lahr, um, four star, uh, one of the first commits in uh, the cl- earlier commits in the class, and um, one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he's putting up crazy numbers. Talked to his trainer the other day. He spoke very highly of him, compared him to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, like a combo type. Um, yeah. So he, he's going to tell us some good stuff. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> We will have that tagged on at the end of this episode. Make sure you listen to that. So then just to wrap it up, we've got a little housekeeping for you on the site over at, at the Lions Den. You have a mailbag. We'll be answering those questions in coming weeks. Um, we'll also have that interview with Drew Alar. We'll have a look back at the, a couple of players for Ohio State. The Penn State recruited and swung the game. That'll be on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. We are recording or be Tuesday. We're recording on Monday night. Um, We'll have staff predictions later in the week and plenty of content on the site. So we're happy to have you on. Uh, you can follow the site at, on Twitter at Penn State Rivals. You can follow me at by Clay Sourtag. And then, guys, do you have any plugs? Do you go? Uh, off the top of my head, not right now. What about you? I mean, uh, follow us on Twitter, like Clay said. Follow us on Instagram. It's Penn State Rivals. YouTube, Facebook, we got it all. So, I mean, the only thing we don't have yet is TikTok because I don't know what the hell I'm doing on there. All right, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully, you will join us in the coming weeks. For Dylan Callahan Crawley, for Richie Snyder, I am Clay Sourtie. See you. What's going on, guys? Rich Snyder right here of Nittany Nation, joined by the gang. We've got Dylan, we got Clay, and uh, Penn State's finest, or soon to be Penn State's finest, Drew Allard. Drew, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. So uh, t- take me through your commitment. I know it's been a while since I guess you probably talked about it. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, Penn State offered me back in, I think, January or February. Mm-hmm. And really, I-, I was talking to them for like a good month, month and a half before they actually offered me uh, mm-hmm. just talking to Coach Yersich and Coach Franklin and a lot of the staff. But those were the main uh two people like recruiting me the whole time throughout my process and uh I guess really what drew me to Penn State was just my relationship with both of them mm-hmm. and just the culture at Penn State I feel like uh it really fits me so talk a little bit more about your relationship with your chitch obviously he's calling a hell of an offensive game plan this season so far how confident yeah. are you that you can kind of just step in there right away uh, you know, I guess I'm just mostly looking forward to learning from him uh, because I know what he's done with uh, quarterbacks in his like previous coaching jobs like Mason Rudolph, Justin Fields and uh, Sam Ellinger. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm just really excited to see uh, and see the offense again uh, this coming week and just learn as much as I can from him. And it's been super fun watching just the offense play this year, especially Sean Clifford. Uh, it's been fun watching him play. 
So, so have you talked to Clifford before? I'm assuming you probably have. What kind of relationship uh, do you two have? Yeah, I, I've talked to him. I've met him once or twice in person, but uh, I, I like him a lot. He's super nice. I mean, he's from Ohio. He's from Cincinnati. So, yeah. you know, we, we both from Ohio. So it's super cool just to get his perspective on everything and what everything he's been through at his mm -hmm. career at Penn State and just uh, what, he, what really – drew him to Penn State when he was going through his recruiting process. So, so I got to ask you this. There's a rumor every other day that you're going to visit somewhere else, whether it's Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera. What, what's with these rumors? Are they just rumors at this point? Can, can we assure the Penn State fan base that th that's all it is? Yeah, those are just rumors. I mean, I'm not even sure how they really started. I just thought there was like a bunch of rumors that I was at the game or going yeah. to the game. I never even had plans to go to the game. So it's kind of crazy how this stuff just circulates and spreads like wildfire, I guess. But, you know, I'm not going anywhere. All right. So I don't have to worry about tweeting it every week, right? No, no, you're good. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you guys have a hell of a class right now. Top number four in the country, 25 total kids. There's four star and four star and four star and four star. What kind of relationship do you guys have with each other? Yeah, uh, I think we kind of like echo what the culture is at Penn State, just like a super close group. Um we're, we're talk a lot more than just football, I guess. And we're, we're really got to know each other off the field, especially when we were all on the visit. Uh, there was a lot of commits on our official visit together. So it was my first time meeting most of them in person. So, I mean, it, I'm just super grateful to be a part of this class. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what we can do in the future. So now two quarterbacks in the class, do you and Bo kind of go back and forth? Be like, no, I'm taking the job day one. No, I'm taking it day one. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, I really like Bo. Um, he's super nice to talk to. I mean, he, he's a really good quarterback and he's having an outstanding season himself too. And I know his team's still undefeated. So they're, they're playing at a really high level too. Yeah. So I know you kind of just mentioned high school football. You're obviously having a hell of a year. What, what are you doing different? Anything or is it just the same old, same old? I guess, um, I mean, last year, I, I guess my preparation and each going into each game, uh, I know I watch, I watch film every day. I go in early after I get out of school and watch film with my coach and a couple of my receivers that get out early for probably like an hour and a half just on this upcoming opponent and just installing our game plan each week. And I guess just my last year of experience, like how being a full starter for a full 10 games really helped me too, just because, uh, for me, experience was the biggest thing, and I can pick up things on the field now that I maybe wouldn't have last year or wouldn't have recognized as soon as I am this year. Mm -hmm. So now I've talked to your trainer a little bit, Brad Mandler, if I'm pronouncing that right? Yeah, Mandler. Mandler so so yeah. how has how working with him kind of helped you develop your game and bring you to that next level? Uh, it's really helped me. He's been one of the biggest helps in my game um, and my development in general just because of the, how much I've worked with him uh, since sophomore year, off, yeah. off season of going into junior year. He's really helped me just, I guess, just with my throwing mechanics and just mm -hmm. game-like situations. I mean, we go through a bunch of drills and simulate game pressure uh, and a lot of off-platform stuff and movement stuff just because, you know, as much as we want to be clean in the pocket and just be able to sit back and drop, uh, most of the time that's not going to happen. You're going to have to move and um uh, throw the ball from different arm angles and different platforms. So he's really helped me with that part of my game. So, so he brought that up to me too. He was telling me about how uh, you have that Patrick Mahomes type of little like sidearm throw that you got there. How's that? How's that developing? Are we going to see that at the next level? Uh, yeah, I think he will a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully. He, he compared you to some pretty damn good quarterbacks. Uh, if, you, if you had to compare your game to any quarterback ever, whether it's a former college guy, retired, current NFL person, who, who would it be? 
Uh, I don't know if I would compare myself to just one because I like watching so many different quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, so, like, who's your go-to film? Like, Friday night and you're, you're going to study film, I'm going to watch this guy. Uh, I love watching Aaron Rodgers just because of the way he's been in the – like, how much he's dominated the league and how long he's, his career has lasted. And just the way he uh, moves in the pocket, I really like watching him play. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't got much more. You guys got any other questions? He's, he's, he's pretty good with this. I'll admit it. <laughs> You formed a really good relationship with another Ohio guy in Caden Saunders. One of uh, one of the big things Sean Clifford has talked about in the past, the relationship he had with KJ Hamler coming in. Talk a little bit about how that relationship started and kind of how it's grown because you guys are two kind of leaders of this class. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess it, it really grew when um, I reached out to him before I committed and told him I, I wanted to, like, I was told him I was committing soon and I just wanted to get my, our relationship started, like just on the field. So, no, I went down in, to Columbus with my quarterback trainer and met him mm-hmm. probably like two weeks after I announced that I was committing and we were throwing routes. I brought a couple of my receivers down and he brought uh, one of his teammates to catch too. So really it was just uh, working together and I guess me just learning how he runs his routes and uh, just – getting used to throwing him the ball. And I, I really like talking to him off the field too. So I, I was just talking to him after his game Friday because uh, they, they won their first round of the playoffs and they're, they're going to play uh, Maslin Washington, who's a pretty good mm-hmm. team this week. And then kind of further to that point, I think when, when both of you committed, it was pretty soon people were like, well, they'll end up in Ohio State. It's kind of what Ohio kids have done in the past. How exciting is it for you two to be able to kind of set your own kind of story there and kind of break the mold. Is that something you talk about in terms of paving your own way? Uh, I've never really thought of it that way. I kind of just thought of like Penn State's the best fit for me. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the best like culture for me to go into. And um, I'm super excited to just learn everything I can from the staff and just uh, meet every, every player that's there right now too, because they have a pretty good team, even though people Mm -hmm. may not think it there, they they have a pretty good team. So it's going to be cool just to be a part of that team soon. Awesome. I appreciate it. Dylan, if you got anything. Yeah, I think the the biggest point for me is uh, I just saw, I think, earlier yesterday, earlier this weekend, uh, a quote where you said not maybe at around this time last year, a little uh, before that, you didn't really think of yourself as a, a maybe a big-time college football player. Uh, and then, I mean – your, it seems like your sitch came to Penn State in mid-January last year. Uh, and then a little bit, a couple of days after that, we started hearing your name connected to Penn State. Uh, the offer eventually came and you committed pretty fast there. And then since then, you've really just taken off across the board and the industry. What has that been for just for you, like going from, not really known what your future may have held college-wise to now being considered one of the top quarterbacks in the entire country? Uh, yeah, it's super cool. And I think um, it's just from all the hard work I've done in the past two off-seasons, really, like hitting the weight room, getting adding more muscle and weight to myself because uh, sophomore year I was pretty like kind of – I had I was tall, but I was kind of like skinny then. Mm-hmm. So I guess just filling out my frame and adding – not losing any mobility, kind of adding more quickness and explosiveness into my game has really helped me. And um, just how much I worked with my receivers, uh, high school receivers in the off season and how much we, we dove into our own playbook and 
I guess just prepare for the games each week had really helped me. And just all, like through all the exposure I've been to through this off season, just helping me stay grounded and just kind of take it day by day and work as hard as I can each day. Sure. And then uh, the last one I have um, kind of going back there um, and you may have touched on this earlier, but uh, with your commitment to Penn state. And like I said, it was, it was kind of a quick process compared to most recruitments. Yersich came in in January. And then, like I said, it, it didn't take all that long couple months for you to commit. Uh, what was it about Penn state that really sold you, sold you that quickly uh, to the program? Oh uh, yeah. I, I'd say the biggest thing is my relationship with coach Yersich and coach Franklin. Um, just because, you know, they talked to me a lot before they even offered me and it, it was super like, I guess different, a couple, it was kind of different from a different schools that had offered me because some schools kind of just called and offered me and they didn't like really know who I w was before they offered me. So they really set a foundation for a relationship before they offered me. And uh, they talked to me constantly, probably like three times a week throughout my recruitment. And they still, I still talk to them a lot. So I guess th that was the biggest thing. And just, uh, you know, the other commits that were committed before me, just welcoming me in uh, and just showing me acceptance, I guess it, it really made it easy for me to kind of just pick Penn State out of all the offers I had. Uh, that, thanks, Drew. That's all I got. All right. All right. I got a couple more for you, Drew. I've been thinking. Right. <laughs> I've been thinking of some good ones. So <laughs> one of the top ranked quarterbacks on almost every service, if not every recruiting service, how, how crazy is that of a process? Like, take me through it. Is it like, is your phone blowing up like 24 seven? You just start blocking coaches at some points? <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I mean, it was super, it was super cool and exciting when I was going through like the recruiting process. Uh, it, it did get overwhelming at times just because, you know, my recruiting process, uh, process was kind of different from other quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. People pr usually get offered earlier than I did. Uh, I really started gaining momentum this past off season with offers. Like I only had, I think four going into my junior season. And by the end of the season, I was up to like nine or 10. So it really was a different process for me. And it, it got to a point where I was having like calls, like, oh, like every day with probably two or three different colleges. And mm -hmm. I thought uh, I kind of had my mindset that I think Penn state's going to be the place for me to go and play football and continue mm -hmm. my academic career. And I guess that's when I kind of knew, uh, my process was like kind of uh, ending when I, everything was kind of building up. Yeah. So now obviously you're not only committed to Penn state, but you're committed to the all, uh, all American bowl, not army anymore, but uh, whatever it is, Adidas aren't all American or yeah, something like Adidas. that. Yeah. Um, so what, tell me about that. Well, how'd that come about? You just get a DM randomly or like. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the guy, I was originally committed to the Under Armour game. Uh, okay. I didn't, yeah, and then when uh, yeah, but no one wants yeah. to wear Under Armour, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then when uh, uh, Eric Richards, the uh, uh, director of the Adidas All American Game, called me, yeah. um, I guess I just thought I wanted to go play in that game, uh, and just I knew um, Nick Singleton was already going to that game, who at the time was a pretty big recruit for us. He wasn't committed yet, and then. Um, also deny uh, he wasn't committed yet and he was yeah. already committed to the game. So I guess just trying to go and play with those guys before mm -hmm. uh, college was a super cool like idea to me. And I thought it would help just trying to get them to come and commit to Penn State. Yeah. So, I mean, we, the last one I got for you, we talked about it before. 
you got to up the drip game a little bit. We need like a, you need the sleeve. You need something. The wristbands are good. I'll give you that, but you got to up it a little bit. What are we going to do to change this? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I've worn sleeves a couple times this year, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't see any photos yet. Then I, I got to get out to a game then. All right. <laughs> all right. For sure. All right. I appreciate it, man. That, that's all I got for you. I think uh, Clay and Dylan, you're good. I'm good, Drew. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank I'll you. talk to you. All right. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Have a good one. You too.